Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon And I'm Emma Gray And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows, and we can't live without them. But we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, where it's no longer almost paradise. We're here. Paradise has been consummated. And we're here today to figure out who our person is and, sadly, who it is not. Joining us to bid farewell to BIP7, friend of the pod and Vice News correspondent, host of the weekly podcast Vice News Reports, Ariel Duhame Ross. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm so excited about this. It's always a, always a pleasure. Oh yeah, so glad you could join <laughs> us for this. There's a lot to talk through. So I think we should just get into it, diving right back in to the middle of Noah and Abigail's breakup. It's it's very disorienting to just be like... It's so confusing. You're like going about your day, feeling happy, and then you're plunged back immediately <laughs> into the depths of heartbreak and confusion. I think my favorite part about this is that they show us some scenes of what's going on at prom while they're outside breaking up. And I was like, oh, it's like the end of the party. Like people are like milling around, like it's winding down. And then I was like, oh no, it's the middle of the party. It's just that there are only like nine people there. Right. And they're all slow dancing very quietly with each other. And that doesn't really give you the look of like a full swing party, but that's what fifth prom is. So do you think they did that thing where they like, make them all wait around while some drama is happening somewhere else and they're 100%. just like bored out of their minds definitely they're like how long can like the nine of us slow dance with each other <laughs> that prom definitely lasted like five six seven hours long and who among us doesn't want to be 30 years old and at a prom that will not end <laughs> you're like i'd like to go home now or at least go to the after party and there are producers there being like, actually, you can't because Noah and Abigail are breaking up right now. So right. you're going to have to stay. Oh man! So Abigail has been crying in the bathroom. That's where we left her. 
she reemerges and Noah is waiting her. He's lying in wait to chat some more about how he doesn't want to date her anymore. He's like, just to be clear, <laughs> I still don't want to date you. You are still not my person. No, I understand. This is that that drawn out part of a breakup where both people are trying to sort of find catharsis or conclusion. And unfortunately, often there simply isn't that. And that's kind of what happens here. You know, Abigail kind of reiterates that she was coming to prom to also say that she was falling in love with him, that she was going to be answering his declaration. She had felt secure. And now she says again, she was blindsided. And Noah says yet again, I just wasn't your person. And then reassures her that she shouldn't hold that against herself at all. Yeah, I don't think she's holding it against herself. I think she's holding it against Against him. him. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I will say these two are so reserved that I like had a lot of trouble following this breakup. And like, I think I got the gist of it at the very end. But I I like I was like, why are they wait, what is the what happened? Who's mad at who? Who is there anybody who's at fault here? Like it was very, very confusing for me. Yeah, that's kind of the nature of their whole relationship, I think. I found it very difficult to follow, essentially from their first date. That's really been the cadence throughout, and it follows all the way to the end. They're just sort of talking past each other. She kind of says, like, I don't know what you want me to say. That's almost her most frequent line. I don't know what to say. I don't want to do this anymore. And all I was thinking was, we too, as the viewers, do not want to do this anymore. (laughs) This must end. I really, really love them both. But this just read to me as like a very classic 20-something sort of talking past each other breakup. And I think fundamentally... I'm the Noah in this situation. I think in a lot of breakups, regardless even of who did the dumping, there's one person who thinks they can get closure from the conversation and really wants to just have it at length until they feel better. That's me. I was always that person. Same. (laughs) Abigail is the person who's like, well, we broke up. Like, literally, what else is there to say? Right. Yeah, I'm more, I fall more in that camp. I'm like, I need, like, the only closure I can get is from being away from you now. So... That's probably healthier. Um, I prefer (laughs) to just like really beat something into the ground repeatedly. Mm. Yeah. I don't think there's a like a healthier one. I think mine is like, eh, I just need to like, this is very uncomfortable now and I need to get away from you. because The the truth is there's just no good way to break up. And what we do see from these two people is that they're was no amount of like massive disrespect on one side. There was miscommunication. There was lack of clarity on feelings and sort of the normal things that tend to trip up a lot of relationships. I think especially when you're in your 20s. The thing is, when I was watching this, I I don't know if you guys saw, did you see what Noah shared on Instagram about like the teasers for the finale and then you hear Abigail's laugh in the background? Did you guys see that? Yes. So like, as I'm watching the finale, I also have in the back of my mind during this scene, like... That they've hung out again. they, They are still hanging out. And so it's like, it's, it's, it was like an interesting, like, it was almost like an anthropo- anthropological watch for me where I was like, oh, this is what it looks like when a couple breaks up and then like continues to hang out afterwards. Yeah. And there are a fair number of those from BIP every season. Like that's always a thing because there's so much pressure to like 
Declare that someone is your soulmate. Baptize and declare your love in this very like permanent seeming way. And a lot of people just can't really handle that pressure. And I think, I don't know if like what happened with Noah is that he really felt like she wasn't his person. And now he's just like changed his mind or he's suppressing it again or whatever. Or if he was like hurt that she didn't respond to him and he just like rewrote that in his head to that feeling of hurt and pulling away into, well, I guess she's just not my person. And then when he had some distance, maybe it it felt different. We do get an official update on their status at the end of this episode. But as of now, they're broken up and he gets right in the limo and is like, I wouldn't change anything. I have no regrets. I did everything I could to make it work with Abigail. Mm-hmm. And he he pieces without like saying goodbye to anyone, which is actually kind of how a breakup departure always works on paradise to some extent but everyone's like he couldn't face us he is so ashamed of the dastardly thing he did to (laughs) abigail (laughs) that worm but in the suv he's like you know i don't remember lying to her when i said i was starting to fall in love with her i wasn't lying about that uh we were so great together like all these wonderful experiences but as far as being soulmates that's the shame about it we weren't that that's got to be hard to watch back if you're back together, I have yes. to say. like That's what I was thinking about rough. the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Like, ooh, I wonder how Abigail took that. Yeah, I hope they've gotten better at communicating since then so that they're able to, like, approach that. Yeah. That also does does potentially indicate to me that Noah felt a lot of pressure. Like, this relationship had to fit some made up like consecrated parameters in his head of being the perfect relationship. And I think that is something that the pressure on Bachelor in Paradise does to people. It like most relationships would not uh, survive the stress test of that much pressure right at the beginning. I don't think mine would have. Sometimes people need space to breathe and ease into a dynamic without having to feel like they're putting the cart before the horse and making massive promises that aren't really based in any long-term building of trust and partnership. And I think that that's what we see happening, with especially with these couples that kind of get back together after. Yeah. So Abigail heads back to the party and finds Chelsea and says, Noah and I are going to head home. And Chelsea's like, oh, like, like, and she's like, no, separately. Um, And at this point, everyone realizes that Abigail has been dumped. And so her friends kind of sweep her off and she delivers the sad tale of what happened. The other party goers at prom are like, weren't they just here, like winning most likely to leave together like 20 (laughs) minutes ago? (laughs) And like, that must have like really wigged Noah out because he was immediately like, let's break up. And so. Abigail eventually says her goodbyes and leaves, and this casts a pall on prom, I would say. I mean, it's like somebody died. (laughs) (laughs) Their love died, you know, that's real. Yeah, the specter of commitment is hovering. Yeah, Breakups, future, near future breakups are hovering in the air over all of these couples now. And I feel like this is always what happens in the final episode of VIP, right? Like, there's always, like, that couple that you're like, I don't know, man, I thought they were really going to make it. They were, like, one of the strongest ones on the beach. It's Kirk and Carly. (laughs) And then they break up, and then you see, like, 
all of these people who suddenly look terrified because now they're just thinking about their own relationships. Yes. Uh, it's yeah. really fascinating. It, like, it happens every year. It's yeah. like when in a group of friends, like, one person leaves their husband and then shortly after, three more do. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're, like, yeah. awakened to the inadequacy <laughs> of your relationship by seeing someone leave. I think a lot of them are also just like it's it, or it's like, you know, you're you you know someone who gets hit by a bus on the way to work and you're like, oh, the specter of mortality. Like <laughs> that could be me at any moment. Like everything I love could be ripped away from me mm-hmm. um, there because they're like, oh, Abigail and Noah were like an inspiration to us. We looked up to their love. And I'm like, did you ever sit in on a conversation between them about their Seriously, relationship? I'm so <laughs> confused. Do I not like model the, your relationship on that. Whatever. The, the only <laughs> thing they seemed to really be looking up to is the fact that Noah never tried to go on a date with someone else. Like that. That's it. That was the whole yeah. commitment. Yeah. He did not actively date someone else on that beach while Abigail was sitting there. Know Gold star. There's something to be. Yeah, and vice for versa for Abigail, right? Right. But it just, and they, Abigail they, also. None of their conversations seemed substantial and/or like actually strong. So yeah, there was no indication that they like really had a way of of working through potential issues in their relationship. Um, but in Abigail's SUV exit, she has some theories about what happened with Noah. She thinks he's scared of the possibility of commitment and he's using his gut feeling as an excuse which feel like the same thing (laughs) like the gut feeling is the fear of committing to somebody you don't want to be with right (laughs) yeah he does have a gut feeling that's true he's it's terror at the face of publicly leaving with her but she's you know she's like he needs to figure it out on his own and you know what so this brings prom to a close and the next morning, everyone knows the party's over. Sort of. They keep having this This re- realization keeps, like, breaking over them <laughs> anew. <laughs> like, at the end of prom, they're like, wow, the party's over. The next morning, they're like, ooh, the party sure is over. And then it's time for the cocktail party. We just skip the whole day after. I guess the cocktail party days, nothing really happens ever because we never see anything going on. Yeah, I wonder if that's the day they're allowed to sleep in or something. <laughs> but it's also like, are these people not talking to each other at all? Like, are they not allowed to talk to each other? They before? must not be allowed to because it's, I know they're really given the impression that they've had no opportunity since prom to discuss their relationships. I know that sometimes they do keep like the men and women separate from each other because huh. they're in opposite, like different buildings, right. different structures for sleeping. So okay. they could sort of keep them on separate size, uh, separate size, separate sides of the Rose Palapa. That must be those scenes where you, like, see the um, the women, like, looking at the men work out. Like, that must be that, <laughs> right? Like, because I don't, <laughs> I don't get it otherwise. Uh, but that makes more sense to me. That's helpful. Yeah, no, that would make sense that there's a lot of time when they can only communicate by working out in front of each other because they can't <laughs> approach any closer and that's really that's a love language um as well uh building your muscle mass for the delight of your partner so we skip the day it's time for the cocktail party and some of the ladies you know the men have the roses and some of the women are really excited to finally get to have some tough conversations about their 
relationships with the men they're interested in. Uh, Natasha's feeling better. She was sick and she missed prom. And she's like, I didn't get to have those pivotal conversations with Ed about where he is. Aim higher, Natasha. You deserve better than Ed. Mm-hmm. That's all I'll say on this matter. Um, as they sit, uh, Joe is like, we should really have those real conversations tonight. And Natasha says, yeah, if you don't have those conversations, it may not end well. Which is very ominous. Um, they are really like in this moment, I was like, they really brought in the hosts of clickbait. Oh, yeah, they really did. I feel like they're capitalizing on having podcast hosts who like know how to tell a story. Oh yeah, (laughs) you know they know the structure. They're invested in the longevity of this franchise. I mean, it's it's a smart move for the brand. Yeah, but if the brand really cared about the host of clickbait, they would have not done what they did next because Natasha really wanted to have that tough conversation with Ed about whether he was going to pursue her or McKenna. And instead, Wells rolls up and is like, I'm canceling the cocktail party. Wow. I hope that you used prom to have those conversations you need to have about what's happening. I'm sorry. Was Natasha at prom Wells? Like, come on. (laughs) Right. She wasn't there because she was sick, right? Yeah. She missed the whole thing. And apparently that was the time. As you know, you go to prom And you spend it having serious, rigorous conversations about the health of your relationship. That's what I did. You know, it was no dancing, just sit in a corner, really dive into some deep therapeutic conversations, um, wake up the next morning feeling refreshed and healthy. Oh, obviously. (laughs) And so there's no cocktail party. They're going right to the roses. And some of the women now are are pretty concerned. You know, Anna also hasn't had that conversation with James. Tia was really hoping to talk to Aaron. Remember how Aaron dumped Chelsea at prom to make out with Tia for like 30 minutes? I guess Tia and Aaron are an item now based on that. And are they going to get engaged at the end of this? Uh, Maybe, you know, that's more than enough information. I think for them to make that decision. So there are nine men and seven women and a couple of women at least are going to get their hearts broken here, perhaps irreparably. So Joe gives his rose to Serena, Riley to Marissa, Kenny to Mari, Thomas to Becca, James to Anna, Aaron to Tia, and Ed to McKenna. So just like... I two for this. two on like sad white women uh, yeah. getting some fuck boys to to drop the like, black women they're dating. <laughs> cool, the only dark skinned women basically on this season. Oh, other than Tajwan, um, have now been left for sad white ladies who cried. Mm-hmm. Cool, yeah. yay! Love this franchise. It's a great dynamic. So much. It's really brutal that it happens like in the same show too. Oh yeah, I mean the dynamic was just extremely visible and upsetting. Yeah. And as she leaves, Natasha is clearly really frustrated. Um, She says in the limo that, you know, she's always the one with the short end of the stick. She says, I'm just tired of it. I just can't want this anymore. The older I get, the harder it gets. I can't want this anymore. I thought this was such a relatable moment. I mean, like, as someone who 
did date, who has dated like into my 30s, I think that there is just a fundamental exhaustion that you can feel if you've mm-hmm. been dating again and again and again. And it takes so much energy to consistently put yourself out there. And also, I think as you get older, you might have a clear expectation of what you want or what you need and a feeling that the culture is in essence telling you your time is running out, your prime years are coming to an end, and you're battling against that really fucked up cultural messaging at the same time that you have probably grown a ton as a person, put so much energy into that, and then you're still dealing with all these other idiots. And I just, I really related to Natasha in this moment and I wanted to give her a hug. And I also really want her to date someone better than Ed. (laughs) I don't know. I don't love Ed at all. I don't have like, I just wanted her to have fun on the beach, you know? That's what I wanted. She got to have fun for like one afternoon. Yeah, one episode. One beautiful afternoon of fun. Yeah. After nurturing Brendan through his divorce trauma and oh god, <laughs> uh, and then that fun date with Doctor Joe, uh, oh. revisiting that, she got one afternoon of fun with Ed before he dumped her for a twenty-four-year-old. And yeah, the, the the idea that like you keep getting you keep getting older and you're, you're yeah you're investing more time in yourself and becoming like more interesting and culture right like more into and it's like and what's happening is i'm becoming less valued by everyone around me like how can that be like it doesn't track like how can i be getting less and less valued and i keep like flinging myself at this uncaring world it's so brutal and you don't you don't see this from the men even the men on the show who want a relationship and don't have it there's this this sense of like despair that women have that's just like derived i think from how miserable it is to date straight men it's like i'm not having fun out here like men can go out and have fun dating women like i'm not having fun like i'm the one doing all the work in these relationships and that's a bummer (laughs) it's it's bleak being straight and a woman very bleak (laughs) i wouldn't know about the straight part for sure (laughs) and so the next day yet again they're all like wow it's really getting real it's time for us to get serious they're making those future changing life-changing decisions do we break up do we stay together but not get engaged do we get engaged these are three really, really difficult. I mean, very restrictive options. You know, it's like I'd like some more options in there other than stay together, break up, or get engaged. But that's all they got. It must be really difficult to be in their position. It's like literally every configuration that's humanly possible aside from continuing to live on the beach forever. And they're like, how can they be doing this to us? It's so hard. Claire, they will miss the day beds. They've had so many memories there. They want more sweat caked onto their taut bodies. It's not enough. There will never be enough time in paradise. (laughs) Well, they can always have a horrible breakup and come back in a couple of years. Something to look forward to. (laughs) Wells interrupts their breakfast and is like, everyone come to the Rose Palapa for a big announcement. And the big announcement is, I have some good friends here to help you with the life-changing decisions you're going to make today. 
Dean and Kaylin, who found love on the beaches of paradise, sort of. And <laughs> but mostly because uh, they left paradise, like and... almost immediately. How long were they even together in paradise? Not long. And didn't Dean come back after he left? He left, came back, and then they immediately left together. So yeah. what they're saying yeah. is, we saw the spark on the beach and then left, and that's exactly why we have such a healthy relationship. So we are here to lead all of you through <laughs> a public engagement, I guess. Seems like the right a, decision. I didn't really see the thread there. They are not the couple that I would hold up as like the prime example of like the process, as they like to say, working. No, they're like, you should circumvent the process. Mm. Right. <laughs> they are together. And I will say like, Bachelor Nation has a short memory. I myself don't really remember the circumstances of why and how Dean left the show last time. And it's my job to kind of remember that stuff. <laughs> like, it's sort of like how, you know, if you dump your bachelor, bachelorette pick, and you go with the runner-up, it's you're like a little bit awkward for a couple seasons. You're not really invited around that much. But soon, what do you know? You're a successful Bachelor Nation couple. No one's going to quibble and like go back to Wikipedia and be like, yeah. how did they end up together? Except you met on the show and you're married and you have a baby. Like, What else do people want to know? And Dean and Kaylin in Bachelor in Paradise Realm are like in that space yeah, now where people are like, true. I mean, they bought a house together, right? Like they met in Paradise, right? Like success i mean yeah. these are all true things and i i actually really like these two i think they're quite cute i think they're great together from what i've seen on instagram i hated how scripted and like their delivery was awful oh oh no 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 sorry i did not love them in their capacity <laughs> as hosts but i love the two of them as a couple yeah yes if this and was an audition I enjoy that they're not engaged if this was a hosting audition i think they flunked like dean yeah. was noticeably scripted like was he reading off of cards if not, it must have been cue cards and the shots that you see of the group were definitely like, okay, yeah. now he's going to say it again and we're going to like, he's going to talk for a bit and we're going to get reaction shots because <laughs> that was not in the moment. Like the reaction shots were 100% not happening from what Dean was saying because that was bad. Yeah, he was saying like, every day I'm so grateful that I came here to Paradise and met you. Um, just not speaking with the cadence that you would ever use uh, for words that simply came to your own head. And I believe that he feels that way, but it's clear that he had to he had to be given that line. And they try to do some scripted like couples comedy. It's mm. very stilted. It's, it's not so great. painful. And so they basically say to the group, um, you know, it's time for fantasy suites tonight. And you two could find love like us. And Thomas is like, wow, this is a shocking moment. Paradise is over. Everyone's like, this, these decisions will change our lives, which is like, yeah, like any decision can kind of change your life. Like if you think about it, like, I don't particularly We've see all how this seen sliding <laughs> doors, okay? Sometimes you get on the subway and everything changes. It's like these aren't binding. You could leave together and break up in in the airport or you could break up and as so many couples do, get back together when you're back in Chicago or whatever. And 
they have to really hype it up for the for us, the viewer. We have to be invested. We have to feel like there are stakes. And the stakes are these people are making or breaking their love lives for good mm-hmm. right now, today on the beach. What are they gonna do? And we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back to discuss what happens. Can you keep up? I like This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender. I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love Article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables from Article, that lovely chair out on my deck, Article, our big console, Article, my bed frame, Article. This is an Article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first Article piece of furniture recently, our new couch. And my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. 
And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. And we're back. And the men and women have been separated because they are going to, couple by couple, have sort of a state of the union conversation about their relationship and then either move on to the next phase of this journey, which is fucking in a nice hotel room, or <laughs> leave the beach apart. I think you mean having those real conversations. Sorry, real... I'm sorry. Oops. I meant I meant having those real, raw, vulnerable <laughs> conversations. Yes, that's what I meant. I'm yes. sticking to it. Uh exactly. And yeah, they are going to be sent off, it seems like, kind of one by one, um, sort of like they're having, like, wrestling matches or something. Like, they're yeah. all going to, one by one, they go to the so conversation. Weird. Everyone else kind yeah. of tries to watch from the veranda. And Kenny begins by grabbing Mari. And, and he says that his feeling for her was immediate, maybe even love at first sight. Uh, mm hmm Okay. <laughs> Every time Kenny talks about his feelings, it just gets like ratcheted up it by is, like a factor. There of 10. is so much emotional hyperbole in this show. Something can be significant and meaningful without being the only thing that has ever mattered to me in my entire life. <laughs> no one has ever been more beautiful and in love. I didn't know what love even meant as a word until you walked onto the beach. Like, my God, take At it down. At one point, Every time. Anna yeah. says that James is the only person who has ever understood her. They've known each yeah. other for four days. I just don't believe that's true, Anna. It doesn't make any sense. But this yeah. conversation between Kenny and Mari, so coded, these people should not get engaged. They uh, cannot yeah. talk to each other about any... I mean, maybe it's because of the cameras. Maybe they actually had, like, actual conversations during fantasy suites. But this on the beach, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. You can't even say the words. Like, you can't even say what you mean. This this is spells doom. Yeah, he says, you know, you're really young, Compare, I'm 40, you're 25. I want to make a thousand percent sure that you're ready for like that, like all of that stuff that would happen, you know, <laughs> if we got like if you're ready for that, you know. He can't even know. say the word engagement, right? Because I think he's trying to keep it like as a surprise and not commit to wanting to ask for her hand. Like, is that the is that what's happening? I think Kenny I really know. struggles to articulate things like this because he never thought he would be in this position. And he just like he says later to her that he has never said I love you to anyone before. Again, oh, I know. Is so that many true? red flags. I kind of believe it. it. If that is true, which why would you say that if that's not true? That's 
wild. And again, I do not think they should be getting engaged. But And I yeah. do think Mari takes on a very sort of responsive role in these conversations where she kind of very patiently and, you know, she has that seraphic like look on her face while he speaks to her. And then she says, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I feel really good about us in that direction. You know, she's not going to in every conversation be really driving in a way that might bring those specifics to the fore either so they do have these very these conversations that really beat around the bush where they're heavy on implications and and also i think that they they both just have an idea of what they want and they're afraid of not getting it i think mari really wants to be engaged and i think she's that's what she says i think to the camera multiple times many times i think kenny wants to just be around her all the time as he says many times and neither of them really wants to hit on a detail that might complicate that as long as kenny's worried that she's not being honest about her feelings so all he really wants to get her to say is you know no i really do feel as strongly about you as you feel about me i really do love you as well and not like to get into all these like little details that might be super complicated and like throw up roadblocks because they just want to get that hit of like, and now we're going to be together forever. Mm-hmm. And and we know. see that from a lot of the couples. But not They're... this next one, because the no. next couple is Thomas and <laughs> Becca. And Thomas is ready to lock this shit down. He's like, I don't want this to end. What we have is so special. And he's like, I know exactly how I feel about you. This could be the beginning of something. Special. I've written special like seven times in two sentences at this part of the doc. I don't know if Thomas said it that much or if it just really was front of mind for me, but he's feeling really special about their connection. And Becca, she's like giving us Ice Queen here a little bit. Becca has been through the emotional ringer in front of the nation multiple times. And this does not crack the top 10 most emotional experiences she's had on this franchise. Yeah. It felt like she was approaching this very logically and mm-hmm. just had maybe even decided before she went into paradise that she was not going to leave again in the mm. middle of an incredibly serious relationship or engagement. Mm. And to be honest, that feels kind of reasonable given what she's been through. Yeah, I... I actually kind of got like her whole like I don't know you Thomas thing was was like yeah I don't know like I yeah I get it he's really hard to read he like <laughs> is all happy and bubbly and projects sincerity in a way that is very thick yes yeah and it's really hard to see through that yeah and I think it's hard for her to discern how much of this is your polished persona how much is the of this is truly a reflection of you know more the entirety of of your personality and they just haven't really spent enough time together or been in a variety of situations to to figure that out yeah yeah and so becca says what's best for both of us is to not continue not do the fantasy suites and not show up tomorrow this to me is a a way of phrasing it that is also telling she's not saying i think we should break up she's saying we're not going to leave the show together. We're not going to do the thing where we go through the process that ends with you being like given the benediction by the show to like walk off the beach hand in hand. 
that's too serious of a label to place on our relationship. But she's not breaking up with him in this moment that we see. And Thomas, however, is brought up short by this. He did not, for some reason, anticipate that Becca might have this reservation. And he says, you know, when I'm with you, when I think of you, everything inside me screams that I'm falling in love with you. And she's like, well, I haven't seen any of that from you. And he says, well, I haven't had the opportunity. And she says, well, we have had time, like kind of a lot of time. And he says, but everything's been happy. And she says, well, that's kind of like what I mean. And Thomas says, so we're calling off a potential life because things are too good. And I can't make sense of that. And this kind of drives, this is like the bachelor framing that drives me crazy, that you're not calling off a potential life. There is nothing stopping you from getting back together off the beach. Nothing. And the idea that she's just like murdering their life together in its cradle is unfounded by reality. I think it still feels like a rejection though, right? Yeah, exactly. I was going to say the same thing. I think that's what's so hard in these conversations is that when you're in it, I would assume it's hard for the other person to tell, you know, what their partner means. Like, do they mean I want nothing to do with you or do they mean I'm open to this, but the way that we are conducting this in front of the cameras is going to be too much for me. And because they cannot ever say that Reference. explicitly, right. if you're someone who needs that reassurance, it still could really land like a rejection, even if we, the viewers, can watch it in a detached way and be like, oh, the door feels left open here. Yeah. But then his reaction makes it so much worse. Okay, so Becca says, you know, there's something missing. I see part of Thomas. I don't see all of Thomas. And Thomas says, well, the only way then that I can show you that is by trusting the decision you're making right now. And he begins to kind of ugly cry. And it seemed like, I'm sorry, here, here was my reaction. I'm curious what you guys thought of this moment. First of all, I can't tell if this is really just how he cries or if he was trying really hard to have an emotional breakdown. <laughs> but also... What he's actually saying sounded to me like, I'm going to now show you that other side that you need to see right now by right. taking you at your word and having a breakdown in response to it. And maybe that will change your mind. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, 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 I had similar questions and I hate, I really like, I feel very conflicted about it. Right. Because like, if that's how he cries, then like, okay, you know, there's no pretty way to cry and there's no right way and, and all the things. But I did have a little bit of a like... Is he tr like he looks like he's working very hard in that moment to like produce a tear, <laughs> and it it feels super weird because okay so context here like I've been since the, the previous season I've been on Team Thomas like not like I love him at all but in a like I actually think that his downfall is that, that he is too sincere, and this was the moment where I started thinking that I was wrong, like this <laughs> oh. was it. Yeah. Ooh. See, that's interesting. Yeah, it totally it it really fucked with me because I've just been like he's just been saying the the quiet part out loud, and he gets screwed over and over and over again. And this was the moment where like maybe he is a master manipulator because he's like love bombing her. He says I'm falling in love, and love bombing is like this typical thing that you do where you're like very early on, extremely intense to get somebody to stay with you. He looks like he's trying very hard to cry. He's not listening to her. And this has always been the case with him, that he's like a very intense people pleaser. 
not I don't actually think that he's like a but like I'm like maybe he doesn't even know he's doing it but this feels manipulative yeah and we all I think are capable of being manipulative and we've talked about this recently on the podcast but yeah I mean what's interesting to me is that I think the reason that I picked up on that in this moment was that again I felt like he was saying the quiet part out loud it's like he was telling her his plan as he was doing it he was crying and he was like here is how I'll show you the information you need to change your mind and do fantasy suites with me look at me I'm crying because I love you so much are you happy now like I was like don't say that Tom and now I'm walking away dramatically yeah (laughs) the whole thing was very confusing to me I I can't tell if because of everything we've seen before I'm just like primed to be unable to tell whether I should be ascribing sincerity to Thomas or not. Like, I feel confused by him. And I don't know if it's just he has the unfortunate luck of speaking somewhat naturally in a tone that reads as a little bit rehearsed. Yeah, that might just be it. Yeah, it's hard to parse. And I don't know. Part of me wants to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I still want to like I really see this like childlike sincerity in his eyes most of the time. Yeah. And this time I was like, hmm. I don't know. <laughs> but as after they they have the second this hug at the top of the stairs, she says this was real, it was special, like don't think that it wasn't and they part ways and get in their SUVs. And at this point Becca does seem a little a little moved, a little shaken. She's like, now I have seen another side to Thomas that I wanted to see. Ding, ding. Good job by Thomas. And (laughs) she says, when he said, just leave here with me, have faith in us. I've never heard that from a guy before. I didn't hear it from the last two guys I was engaged to. That's for sure. So brutal. Brutal. And now she's feeling torn about her decision. Yeah, I think she definitely made the right decision and had a blast on the beach with like the hunk of the beach, like yes. goofing around and eating chicken nuggets and making out. So I I loved this, <laughs> loved this vibe for her. I love that she came in with a boundary and stuff to it. Like <laughs> good on you, Becca. Yep. I, I really thought that I could not, I, I was like, there's no way this goes well for Becca, like coming on the bachelor and she like nailed it. She, she really did. It. She really did. Impressive. So it's time now for Ed to make his play for McKenna. I love as he leaves the group, he's like, I'm so excited. I really like McKenna. And as he leaves, Kenny is like, classic Ed to try to go to the fantasy suite with the girl he just met yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) And they all laugh and laugh. Just a quick reminder here, Ed is 37 and McKenna is 24. Oh boy. And didn't ask him out on a date. Didn't ask him out on a date. Didn't really want to go on the date. And as we will now see, doesn't really want to continue seeing him. And... The vision of an almost 40-year-old man trying to pressure a 24-year-old woman into continuing to date him made me extremely uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I hated this entire exchange so much. I mean, she has to break up with him like three times, right? Like four times. Yeah, it was horrible. She's starting to get a look on her face like, (laughs) did I not say the words I thought? She's like, as I said, we would like, we should part ways. I have now said this four times. You are not my person. Yeah. She starts out strong by being like, she's like, I've really enjoyed myself, but we're so far from each other. We haven't built a strong enough bond. There's something missing for me. And Ed isn't satisfied. I think we actually have a clip of how this conversation goes. But 
I feel a really strong spark with you. Yeah. And I want to explore like what that spark looks like outside of paradise. Like we started a spark, and so it's like it would be a waste to just say, you know, let's just turn it off and see ya. Nice meeting you. Hey man, he making his case right now. That boy giving a speech, boy. He like, I am not letting you go. Who knows? Maybe he'll smooth talker. Never know. I want to like be able to like say, let's try this, but I just think it's you know better for us just to, like end it here. You know, it wasn't meant to be. Like I don't think that. I'm your person, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I want the opportunity to, you know, leave here today and know that we're gonna, like, make some plans to see each other. You know, I, I would love to do that. I just think that it's best if I just, you know, leave here alone, and I just think it's better if we just, like, go our separate ways. But... Are you gonna just bail on me now? <laughs> ah. mm. Uh-oh. McKenna's on the move here. I'm not surprised. McKenna is walking away. I don't think this is a shock to anyone. Oh, that freaking poured his heart out. Boys! Boys, I got dumped! <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry to hear that. Wow. Uh, he got dumped four times. Yeah. Yeah, the he really, really didn't get it. Could, wouldn't hear it tried and tried again i think for me for me the standout moment is when he's like i felt this spark with you and i don't want to waste the spark like yeah, it's not we've that. invested in this spark or just kind of like dump it out on the ground now like what do you mean he's like i felt a spark that's all it's really just about me and what i feel i clearly right. don't give a fuck how you feel he's literally sunk cost fallacying their relationship after like one day he's like we've invested a day in this relationship and we can't just throw that away the only thing that i enjoyed about that was the very end when he's yelling up at the other guys and telling <laughs> them that he got dumped same that he could have just done that several minutes earlier he and could have. it would have been a good exit and everyone is like wow he took that so well and i'm like again they just <laughs> met like what do you expect like wow so well he argued with her for like 10 minutes and then he was like all right making a little joke about it and everyone's like oh my god what a great guy i mean that's also how he starts off the relationship with her right by trying to convince her over and over and over again so in that sense it feels like really closing the loop here right like he's just negotiating his way into this relationship and negotiates his way out as well i feel like he does seem like a very nice well-meaning guy who is not trying to step all over McKenna's boundaries. But I do think that this is very much a model that men are presented for courtship that is not healthy. And it bothers me to see it treated as like really cute when like the actual experience, like when I saw McKenna and having these interactions with him, her eyes just looked a little like hunted, like the first conversation with the date. And then this one, this look in her eyes, it's like, what do I have to say to like to release myself? It's like when you like engage with someone who's canvassing on the street and <laughs> they always have like a line to reel you back in. And you're like, but I do have to go to my meeting. Like, what can I say to like stop having this conversation and like not go on a date with this guy? And everything I say, he has an answer to. And he's trapping me in a logical web where I have to be in a relationship with him. Like, that's not actually a good 
model for dating women. Just like, don't don't take Ed's approach here as your model. Do not do that. Do nope. not do that. <sighs> and so it's time for Anna and James. And Anna seems to have just kind of bought into this. I think she was so grateful that there was someone she liked at all on the beach. She recently posted a TikTok saying that she had been told she was coming in week two on Paradise. And then when they brought her in, they were like, surprise, you're like the last one here. So I think she was really coming in with a complete fear and just like made a slight connection with James and decided to run with it. And I think that that's sort of what we what we end up seeing here because she comes in and she says, you know, I feel like a guy always wants me until I decide to want them back and then they're out. Like nothing has gone right for me this year. I just I just want this to go right. She's got a lot riding on this. Yeah, unfortunately. And she sits down with James, who this whole time has been like, I just want a nice girl, you know, who likes me. Is that so much to ask? And then he's like, maybe I maybe I should make it work with Anna. I don't know. I could really either way. It's a leap of faith because like life, you just don't know. And so after all that, she sits down with him and is like, I like you and I want to see where this can go. And James says, I don't think I'm in a place right now where I can see us falling in love and we owe it to ourselves not to adjust our standard of what we are looking for. Like, Which, Jesus ouch. Christ, James. <laughs> I like briefly blacked out after he said that. I was like, I'm sorry, did he just say that he would be settling for her? Yes. Yes. Yes, that's exactly what he said. You beautiful woman who deigned to date me after I have been dumped by like six different people. I cannot just stoop to your level. Like, fuck off, James. <laughs> so rude. And she accepts it. There's no negotiating that happens. <laughs> so she heads back to say goodbye, tells her her buds, you know, it actually really stung to get rejected by James. And in her, in the moment, she cries and says, you know, I wanted it so bad. I should have known better. Hmm. Meanwhile, James is having that classic turn, you know, halfway through the bachelor or bachelorette proposal scene. You've just dumped your runner up, you know, and it's emotional to say goodbye to that person. You don't want to hurt them. But then you turn your thoughts to the person that you have <laughs> discovered a true and lasting love with. And things just start to look a little bit sunnier. You're ready to tell that person that you want to be with them. And he says, I came to paradise with every intention of leaving with someone. That's what I came here for. And that's what I'm going to do. And I think we have a little clip of what happens after this. Oh, what's up, guys? Uh, oh, who's back? Oh. So, so um, I'll be leaving paradise today. Had a tough conversation with Anna. So, yeah, I mean, I obviously wish you guys the best, but my man, I love you. I don't know, yo, I don't know where you're at with Tia. We came in together, we got to ride out together. You trying to head back to SD? <laughs> <laughs> let's do it, bro. Let, let's get out of here, bro. No, let's let's get out of here, bro. <laughs> let's get out. Oh my God. Hey, I got to talk to Tia real quick, though, first. Huh? All right, all right. All right. All right, boys. I had to go with what my heart was telling me, you know? And that's Aaron. The music I is love very good the here. Music. The music <laughs> yeah. is so good. It's like a little like happy little march. <laughs> yes. I thought I was going to be annoyed by all of this and, and then it actually I mean I I'm not going to be following them on Instagram. I will say that. I have no interest 
in their bromance after this. But that moment, I was like, okay, fine. I cracked a smile. Like, good for them. (laughs) Yeah, I think that this is a moment where you really see like, yeah, friendship can be part of these narratives. Friendship can be funny and exciting. And you can play the sort of music that you might play over the end of a really lighthearted rom-com over this Mm -hmm. sort of scene between friends. It really gave me those like warm and fuzzy feelings, even though I don't like Aaron. Yeah, I I was going to say, (laughs) yeah, this was I, you know, James is to me, at least what has been shown very boring. And Aaron, I this was the only time that I've ever liked him was this moment. So look, friendship softens people to us. Friendship (laughs) is a very appealing thing to watch, even though Aaron immediately goes and is like, uh, Tia, yeah, let's talk. Actually, just right here. I don't He's even have still time. Out of to... breath from like running down to grab her so that James doesn't have to wait too <laughs> to, like, long. He's like, speed anyway, break up with yeah. her. <laughs> so here's He's the like, thing. We right. gotta talk uh, right here. Gotta go. Gotta go. The James is waiting. I gotta I gotta ride. I gotta ride to SC with my bro, but would love your number. Tia really fucking takes this like a champ. She really say. does. I I have to think that this was planned in some way, shape, or form. But she her reaction seems genuine. It's just like... Yeah, she seemed genuinely confused. But they must have had some kind of conversation of like, we're not really gonna like leave together, right? Like, I mean, I think the truth is they've made out one time. She doesn't really care. She's just yeah. sort of like... Right. Amused by the right. whole thing. They had no chance to have a conversation because he first hit on her at prom, which was apparently the time when they were all supposed to have those conversations. And then they really <laughs> haven't then since then. It's just been rose ceremony. Right. And now, so I'm sure she wasn't expecting to leave with Aaron, but she yeah. maybe was expecting him to deliver that news a little differently and not in a way that's like, all right, James is an SUV waiting for me and I got to rock out. But like, if you're ever in SD, baby, hit us up. Like, let's, let's chill. <laughs> she took it so well and it made her, it made me like her even more too. Same. Like, I was just like, this is all very surprisingly adult and wonderful. I honestly was so obsessed with Tia's energy throughout this entire season. I know, she right? is someone else who I think came back to paradise and kind of nailed it. Yeah, yeah, she did so well. Yeah, I think after everything with Colton, which was a very emotional paradise stint for her of trying to like get someone to commit to her that she really thought she saw a future with, she came back and was like, I'm going to go on some dates and like chill Have out fun. and like try to try to have some great makeouts. But like, can't expect too much from these bros. <laughs> you really can't. Right. And sh- she had Natasha. She had Becca. Like when you have a group of good friends there the whole time, yeah. it's like, eh, it didn't, it got to her a few times, but most, mostly she was just having a good time. Yeah. And I love that she's laughing throughout this entire thing. Yes. She's like, are you fucking with me? I hate you. And then she turns to all the <laughs> women. She's like, I hate him. And then we just, <laughs> you know, we see first Aaron jump on James's back and they like exit the beach together. And he is yelling after them. Glad you found what you're looking for. They really took the the specter of like the male the male friendship that is threatening to the love of a man for a good woman that like is always hovering over the bachelorette. And they're like, we're going to lean into it. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. These guys didn't have enough time to connect with the women because they were too into each other. But you know what? Love's love, baby. And these guys, they love each other. They're gonna be they're gonna be chilling in SD long after Tia is a distant memory, <laughs> and that's valid. That's valid. 
And in the SUV, uh, <laughs> as they leave, James says, I came for romance, but I found a best friend. And that's big facts. <laughs> my heart, you know? Uh, so in the SUV, they're just like, oh, you're my world, bro. Like, how- I love you, bro. And they both just look so happy. They're just the, like, this is the happy ending I crave uh, for you. Yeah, we need great. more of this. <laughs> I love it. I love for two women to do this sometime, but I don't see the show giving us that. I just, don't. I know. <laughs> I, I would, I would very much love that. But at least Tia, I feel like, is somewhat triumphant in her like fully comedic arc. She sort of leaves being like, fuck this beach, fuck this place, fuck men, I'm done, I'm single, I'm great, goodbye, never coming back. (laughs) I just, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed her. Perfect exit. What we have next is is sort of a romantic comedy conversation between Riley and Marissa. She's like, Riley, I don't want this to end. And he's like, I've loved my time in paradise. Our connection came out of nowhere. Ominous music begins to play. She says, I'd love to go to the fantasy suite with you. And he says, you know how I feel about you, but we have to know for sure if this is something we can continue. I've been thinking about it all day. And all I can say is, I would love to go to the fantasy suite with you. (sighs) And Marissa, like, punches the shoulder. She's like, I hate you. Like, why would you do that to me? You know how I am. And he's like, give me a kiss. Oh, my God. I didn't love this speech from Riley at all, but I just want to see them continue. And so, like, I'm, you know, I'm happy for them. Oh, I love them so much. Like, correct outcome. I wish maybe a little less emotional torture. Yeah. uh, Joe tries the same move on Serena, but he's really bad at it. Because Joe's always laughing when he's trying to lie. (laughs) He's very poorly suppressing a grin. That's what makes him so cute. That's what's charming about him. Yeah, you're like he could never, he could never really lie to me. He's yeah. too bad at at hiding his expressions. He's like, oh, this isn't going to be an easy conversation. And she's like, she's don't like, do LOL. that. He's like, how did you know I was messing with you, Joe? Everyone we knows. Know, Joe. We can all tell. And he tells her that the way she handled Kendall coming in was part of what attracted him to her. And that she's the reason he stayed and he's so glad that he let his guard down with her. And she says he's the only guy on the beach that gave her butterflies and made her excited about the process. They agree they both want to go to fantasy suites. (laughs) And then Joe says, how do you feel? And she says, hey, Joe, I'm in love with you. Hmm. And Joe says, you're saying that now? I was going to say that later. <laughs> but he was too busy pretending he was about to dump her. And then he says, I love you too. And she's so happy. Those moments between the two of them are so perfect. <laughs> like when they were they were saying, I'm falling in love with you. Like everything, everything about it feels like good and right and delightful to me. It is very clear why they are sort of the central couple of the narrative of this season of Paradise. Because they do have these sort of perfect romantic arcs and they come together in this really like cinematic way Um, and it is they do seem very taken with each other i have to think that the reason that abigail and noah have been winning the like oh they're probably the most likely to leave the beach together sort of thing is just logistics like they are far apart in age they live far apart I'm sure that there is the question of, like, are Joe and Serena really going to be able to work in the real world? Because in terms of their relationship dynamic, they have 
gone through some like some stuff that was not of their own creation and they navigated it with great communication and they're able to express their feelings to each other in a way that the other person is able to receive and and respond to so they've i think much more so than most of the other couples we've seen them have a really healthy relationship dynamic Mm -hmm. agreed and now it's just these final three couples remaining and everyone else has left it's like the the aftermath of some sort of storm or zombie apocalypse or the rapture or the the rapture (laughs) it's a mostly empty resort a cloudy day just litter detritus from the departed people everywhere and these final three couples being greeted by dean and kaylin again again who are like it's time for fantasy suites where you can have those real conversations it is so interesting how the stakes turn so quickly here because these couples all seem pretty solid and it's sort of obvious that they want to continue their relationships the new stakes are are you committed enough to propose marriage to this woman and that means that ultimately the power ends up being shifted pretty much totally into the hands of the dudes yeah. Yeah. I mean, all all the women have to at this point have telegraphed that they are willing to accept a proposal. Right. Exactly. And so it's really like, will he or won't he? So Serena and Joe have their conversation first. And she's ready. She's ready for for going out to dinner. That's what life is gonna throw at you. You know, it's not all gonna be like getting chicken nuggets brought to you on the beach. It's gonna be like ordering the wine, ordering the dessert. And you can't just hide away from that reality forever. So Joe tells her that when he said they were falling in love, when they said they were falling in love with each other, it meant more to him than anything that has ever happened to him in his entire life. All 35 years. Whoa. Just a vast expanse of nothingness until he met Serena. And they both seem to feel really good about where things are. They they make out. And they seem to feel that they have found, as as one would say on the show, their person. Next is Kenny and Mari, um, who have, I think, some real some real issues to surmount in the sense <laughs> that we discussed yeah. earlier, communication wise. Uh, this was not a good conversation. There were a lot of red flags there. I was fascinated, <laughs> honestly, that Kenny was just like, "Yeah, I literally never expected or particularly had the desire." to be in a long-term relationship or get married or do any of this. But I met you. So yeah, I guess we're going to get engaged. Yeah. All of the worries that Kenny has that he says about Mari, like, I don't know if she's ready, blah, 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 to me have from the beginning felt like he's projecting and talking about himself. And then in this moment, no one expects me to get married. I never said I love you to anyone He's 40 years old yeah. and the and he cannot talk about his feelings in a way that to me comes across as as coherent. <laughs> and so all of that put together I'm like no like you no Mari yeah. walk away walk away this is this is your chance like just truly just... <laughs> I mean I we talk about how the age gap and how young Mari is in comparison and like you could still have a lot of like single life ahead of you dating independence instead of getting engaged to a 40-year-old on the show. However, he really asks her, like, when he asks her, are you in a place to settle down? There's a lot of life stuff you haven't done yet. And I'm thinking a lot of 25-year-old women get married. 
a lot of 25-year-old men get married. Like, it's not unusual for a person to be that age and be ready to get married. But if someone's 40 and they have never in their life wanted to get married, that's when you have to start thinking, is this person suddenly, after three weeks, ready to get married? Yeah. And, like, I definitely believe that somebody can, like, have amazing experiences in their 30s as a single person and then decide that they want to get married in their 40s. But I don't think that change happens in three weeks. Yeah. It's always to put that much on her to be the person who has changed what he wants for his entire life. That's scary. Like, I I remember when I was dating and I really wanted kids, like, there is that thought of, like, I'll just date whoever. And then, like, if even if they don't want kids, you can try to, like, convince them or whatever. I was like, I don't want to feel ever like I have to, like, convince my partner yeah that that they have to do something or they should do something because it's what i want and like that's a lot of pressure to put on you that's a lot of pressure on mari to justify Mm -hmm. him having a completely different kind of life than he ever thought he was going to have and kenny then tells her that his family doesn't say i love you they just call each other nasty names and that's how they express their love but he doesn't want to do that with her good (laughs) with her can't wait to meet that side of the family. Like, (laughs) super great. (laughs) And uh, still, Mario, of course, smiling serenely through all of this. Like, "Mm mm-hmm, yeah. And he says, I know that I love you. And they both are just giddy. And he says, it took me 40 years to find the love of my life, and it's worth the wait. And Mario says, I might be engaged in 12 hours. Ugh. Got that got that TikTok of when it might happen. <sighs> Let's move on to Marissa and Riley, who I just love so much. And I found it very interesting here the way that Marissa frames their discussion about engagement, because I felt like it really spoke to how the show ultimately frames engagement, which is she says essentially, like, I'm not. I didn't come in here desperate to be engaged immediately. But within the context that we're in, engagement is a form of reassurance. And I know that you're my person. And I I want that reassurance back. And to me, that was just like refreshing in the sense that it's honest and it acknowledges the stakes of this particular dynamic rather yeah. than just being like, generally in the world, y- you must put a ring on it in order to prove that a relationship is valid. And this is when Riley shares with her his fantasy of Sunday mornings. Oh, I cried. Okay. (laughs) Me too. I thought this was very sweet. When When I see you, I see Sunday mornings. So cute. And also to me, this perfectly illustrated something that I've been like, that has been in my head from the beginning of this season, which is I think Marissa and Riley have like, gender role kink like i think that's their kink i think like heteronormativity and gender roles is their kink like they really from the beginning have like gotten off on like a very specific like he's my man and like he keeps talking about being a dad and like she's the mom and like daddy's little like the whole thing like, and again, I really like them. Like, I, I say this with a lot of, like, love and respect. I really, and and actually, I think that, I know, I think you're right. I think that framing it for me as a kink has helped me get past <laughs> that part of their relationship, which to me feels weird and icky. When, when you put it that way as a kink, 
you're acknowledging the the like role playing element of it, the performance yeah. of it, which is sort of how we are all at all times interacting with gender and gender roles. And yeah. so it is interesting to frame it that way. And it's like, this is the fantasy that they are building. And this is the way yeah. that they are expressing their commitment to each other. Yeah. And so with that, like, this was another example of that where I was like, okay, I'm just seeing them play out their kink. Like, okay, good for them. Like, okay, I, <laughs> I, I can like accept this and like get on board. Yeah, that's so, that's such a good way of looking at it, I think. And they find a lot of joy in it. Like she wants to be cherished in the way that like a woman is cherished in this yes. sort of, in this sort of yeah. dynamic. And he gets off on that. Like he loves hearing that from her. Yes. And so that's why I'm like, oh, like, this is hot for you guys and you are consenting adults who are just like really into those kinds of gender roles. Like, okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really beautiful. And as someone who, you know, lives according to a lot of these gender norms, I I find that to be a very helpful way of looking at it. And definitely in their conversation here, he's like, so I wake up, it's early. My wife is asleep. <laughs> I creep downstairs. Oh, it's our child. I'm sneaking her a cookie. Mommy doesn't let her have a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> Their like joyfulness in each other definitely like makes it gives it all a very different color than it might yeah. sound in another context. I feel like I'm listening to like a dipsy, like a really weird. Oh my god, I was dipsy. gonna say it's like some like ASMR like <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's so good. And so they say, I love you to each other. They kiss. It's very sweet. They, I was crying during this. And at this point, all of the couples read and accept their date cards, which offer them an evening of bliss in the fantasy suite. Uh, Marissa and Riley break out that whipped cream because this Sunday morning conversation has really gotten them ready to taste some toes. Not toes. No toes this time. Just chest. Just chests. Just chest. Kenny leaves Mari in bed and comes back naked with a tray of tacos. Oh, not this again. Your main course is served. Once again, you're <laughs> in bed trying to about to have sex and you're like, let me just chew on some tacos for a while now. Really hope there's no onion in those tacos. Like I cannot. <laughs> I also really dislike that Kenny's one move is to get naked. Which, like, you're about to have sex. Obviously, you're going to... Like, it's not a move. It's not a move. Oh, my God. It's like that um, horrible thing in How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Yeah. The naked, the naked man. man. Yeah. Yeah. Surprise. Where you just surprise a woman into having sex with you by nudity spontaneously. Yeah. There's no striptease element to, to Kenny's approach. But they're all in bed, kicking out the cameras, fade to black, and we're going to take a quick break to let them really enjoy themselves and have those real meaningful conversations. And we'll be right back with the next morning. Can you keep up? I like love it. I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily, I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, 
something for every diet. Their fresh, never-frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes, so no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well-balanced. I feel full after, and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. And we're back. And the next morning, the couples are all snuggling in bed with a glow, I'm sure brought on simply by the fact that they really had some in-depth conversations about their credit scores (laughs) and other important information. I mean, that's what I would be talking about. Like, how much college debt do you have? Like, we need to talk about this right now. (laughs) Yeah. Did you vote in the last several elections? If I'm Joe, I'm getting like a pretty solid commitment to move to Chicago within the year. Yeah. Well, anyway, he says they took their relationship to another level physically and mentally. He doesn't specifically mention the Chicago thing, but we'll see. We just sort of skate over that for the entirety of of this episode. Meanwhile, as Riley is leaving, he whispers to Marissa that he's not sure if he's ready for a proposal. 
and leaves her essentially like sobbing uh, after he's after he's gone. She says, I want to be engaged. I want him to want to. I didn't go through all this for nothing. It, that made me so sad. As if someone not proposing to you renders an entire relationship completely meaningless. Yeah. And I was like, this is what this show does. And I yeah. hate that element of it. It's also that her love language is so different from his. Like he, like yeah. his actions, like, and, and she is words. words, words of endearment, words of affirmation, right? Like it's, yeah. yeah. Look, so. as someone who has that dynamic in my relationship, I do relate to her. And like, <laughs> sometimes you, you do w- just want the thing to be said yeah. because that's Say going to land the best with you. Yeah. And that can be a challenge. And as part of the gender role play thing, like the thing that the big daddy <laughs> protector would do here is give a really romantic proposal. So like, is yes. he going to leave her dangling here? But it's time for everyone to put those Neil Lane rings in their jeans pockets and put on their tight sleeved, short sleeved button down shirts that really hug the biceps and get on that proposal stage on the beach. And Kenny is ready. He has a ring. And Mari comes down looking gorgeous and bridal, shiny waves, white floral gown, absolutely stunning. And I'm not, I can't bring myself to read all six of these speeches, which I did no. write down. No. But uh, Mari declares her feelings to Kenny. Kenny says that when he saw her, for the first time, it was, if it wasn't love at first sight, it was something, something he's never felt before. <laughs> and he begins to shake and has to take a pause. And then he says, Mari, I'm so fucking in love with you. I literally can't see my life without you. <laughs> and he kneels very painfully. He's like, these old bones. I think it was just that his pants were too tight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They have like, like no I... give whatsoever. <laughs> like you could never go like cycling on them or anything like no. that. Like, no. Just... I, w- I was like, this is this is a 40 year old in very good shape. And he's just sweating profusely yeah. in very tight jeans. Imagine trying to kneel in very tight jeans in like 105 degree heat and direct sunlight. I honestly nightmare. was so impressed that there weren't more sweat stains on all of these people. Yeah. Because True. you could see they were all just Beated listening they're in direct sunlight in the heat of the day absolutely brutal and he whips out that neil lane it's a huge like oval cut i think diamond Mm -hmm. with just one halo it looked relatively tasteful 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 for neil lane and she says it's huge and he says i know i did good right (laughs) (laughs) and he uh gives her the ring they exchange final roses and he carries her off the beach done and dusted they're engaged everyone's everyone's happy one down two to go marissa enters in a royal blue lace trim jumpsuit kaylin and dean greet her and send her on down and marissa tells riley that he showed her what a real man is that fairy tales do exist Hmm. and Riley says, you know, I've gone from city to city, from state to state, now from country to country in search of something very special. And he knows he loves her and he's known since their first date with Lance Bass. And he says, but I just need to be sure. Dramatic pause. And then he says, that said, (laughs) will you marry me? (laughs) 
<laughs> he really didn't have a, anything to follow up that cliffhanger. No. With. He's like, just dramatic pause to fuck with you one last time. And she's so relieved. It really seems like a neg again. Yeah. Like, hmm. Yeah. But they're still very cute together. They're, they're very, very cute. Very cute. He proposes. She says yes. They exchange their roses. On to the next. So Serena and Joe have the most dramatic proposal. Because again, they are the central romantic couple of this. And not not because of that, though, but because no. literally drama <laughs> is inserted. So Joe is waiting for Serena, who is in a drapey white satin cocktail dress it's very like summer elopement in the park mm -hmm. it really mm -hmm. looked like the thing you wear to your engagement party yeah yeah very cute as as joe is waiting mari and kenny are watching a pair of feet comes down the stairs but it's not serena it's kendall uh in a pink floral dress and heels and <sighs> she strides right on up to joe who does not look thrilled <laughs> And this was a surprisingly friendly conversation, given that she is interrupting his proposal. Yeah. I thought she was nice to him. I thought they were really nice to each other. And I just... Yeah, they clearly have a lot of, of love for one another. And that is beautiful. But all I wanted to say was, like, screw the producers for doing this. Right. Why exactly. did Kendall agree to this? Because that's weird. I believe they worked pretty hard to get her to go. Yeah. It, that is my understanding. It just, it just felt so dumb and unnecessary. A lot of push. Yeah. I agree. It felt like they were just like this. There's not enough narrative tension here. Yeah. We have to continue. The only, you know, impediment to this love story is Kendall. So we have to keep using her. Yeah. Yeah. Even though she is clearly not an impediment because she is not trying to get him back and he yeah. wouldn't be going back to her even if she was who wants their ex's blessing when they're about to propose to their fiance like it's just it's so weird and i couldn't help but wonder if this was like an attempt to to somehow rehab kendall's image but i didn't think it was that broken in the first place i just don't and get i it. feel like this is more likely to ruin her image yeah i actually think it's more much more likely to make her look bad and pathetic and i don't think that they particularly cared if that's what happened. Really sucks because I really like Kendall a lot. I think she's hilarious and very quirky and I've always liked her. I do too. And I sort of hate that she was relegated again to this like impediment to be thrown into the central couple's way, something they had to overcome together. Like yeah. she is also a separate person and we yeah. saw nothing of her except as she related to Joe. And that just like kind of sucks. I really can't help but think that like Joe is like one of those rare unicorns in that I really do believe that he has bought into the process. He believes that it works and he has treated BIP as a dating service. Like actually, he's yes, like, this is how you, you like make a relationship. Right. And so I feel like this is the producers testing that with him. Like he will be he will recover from this. He will be OK with this. He will not be uh, mad at us for doing this. Like we can we can treat him extremely poorly. And still have him be okay and, like, talk about how the franchise does a really good job and the, trust the process, right? Like, the, it feels like yeah. them testing his resolve and his, like, how bought in he is to BIP. And the reason that it actually goes okay, and, like, the perverse part of me really enjoyed this scene. Like, I felt guilty because it's, like, a shitty thing to do to Joe and... And to, to Kendall, Kendall. And to Serena. And to Serena. It's and to Serena. It's shitty for all of them. And, like... 
And yet, like I, as someone who still really cares about my big ex-boyfriend and who stayed friends with him, like I'm really touched by couples that can stay warm with each other after they break up and yeah. i know it's not right yeah. for everyone yeah. but there's something about the way that when she's uh walks up and he's clearly super thrown but he's like you look good and she's like so do you and then she takes this really nervous breath and he's like you're good like it was super compassionate so on both ends you would uh, like obviously the most i think compassionate thing for kendall to have done would be to not come but like here she is they're both in this very weird moment, trying to handle this moment that is now happening. And they do. I thought that they both handled this as well as one could. 100%. And that it was, there was a lot of respect and again, compassion in that conversation. And I love that they both sort of affirmed our relationship was real. Our relationship meant something. I, I have to think that this is not necessarily something either of them would have chosen in any other sort of definitely not not. (laughs) i have to wonder like thinking of like how this is produced for an audience if this was maybe something that joe would have signed off on would have been okay with because there is a segment of bachelor nation that is invested in joe and kendall like they were a very popular couple oh interesting and then the way that things went down with her on the beach everyone tried to be very nice but still there's that they're left that lingering feeling of like well maybe they still love each other he doesn't want serena to be presented to the nation as a backup and this is a conversation that allows both of them to maybe kind of eliminate that to say like we're not going to work out like we're both done with this relationship and Mm, so people won't have like lingering doubts like but will kendall show up again yeah, right. like I'm making yeah. it sound like it's a kind thing for them to do, but I think it's more just a dramatic way for them to be like, it's okay, everyone, like Kendall's gone and like now it's Joe and Serena, your new like golden couple of paradise. Right. And <laughs> Joe recovers quickly and Serena heads down to meet him. Very radiant, very excited. She is beautiful. She's wearing white. She's 23 and she can't believe she was able to find love again after everything she's been through in the past. I mean, and they've gotten through so many obstacles together and it made her that much more drawn to him. And she says she sees a future for them. And Joe says, that was nice. But I do have to be honest with you. My ex did just show up. (laughs) And she's like, what? Are you fucking yeah. with me? He's like, no, that that did happen. But he does a good, he he just like immediately pivots away. He's like, yeah. if anything, it just made me more confident in how much I do love you. Yeah. yeah. And he says, you told me you were falling in love with me first. You told me you loved me first. Now it's my turn. And he gets down on one knee and takes out the big ring and asks her to marry him. She says, yes. They exchange their final roses. It carries her off the beach. And then... A little taste taste of reality. Joe says, we went with our hearts and we'll figure the other stuff out later. <laughs> like, Joe, have you learned nothing? Yeah. You've been on the beach for a month. Like, when are you going to figure out the other stuff? Oh, look, I, I really like these two, but they're, I mean, we, we shall see. I hope know? it works out. I hope it works out. We'll I wish them the best with the immigration process. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> So all the couples remaining got engaged and the women are, I think, no older than 25. And I'm 
uh, excited for them that they are safe at last. And as Marissa says, able to now begin their lives. Yeah. I mean, all I know is that I am 34, not engaged and have yet to begin my life. So one day, maybe. One day, maybe my life will begin. You're like an action figure that's just been kept in the plastic packaging. Uh, But is also deteriorating because there is a (laughs) sell-by date. So, yeah. You're just waiting for your real life to begin. And uh, at this point, we get, I think, my favorite ever end to... Yeah, I loved this so freaking much, It was so good. It was so good and satisfying, too. Yes. Narratively satisfying, cheeky and lovely and just like packaged the whole thing yeah. yep. in the lighthearted way that I think Paradise deserves to be packaged. They've been going with a sort of light 80s theme for the season, but especially towards the end here. And so here we're doing like the the they're playing Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now by Starship and playing sort of fun blooper moments from the season and doing the stop freeze frame text updates on where every character is now, like the end mm-hmm. of like an old school, like comedy. It was so It was fun. so great. It really did feel like they were having more fun po- yes. post Chris Harrison. And I'm here for that. Yeah. I like that they're playing around a little more with with the format and Bip, Bip Prom I loved, which also had a very 80s movie vibe. Love, 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 yeah. love. And I highlighted some of the top mm-hmm. updates. James and Aaron are now roommates and BFFs. <laughs> hashtag big facts. <laughs> Noah and Abigail, this is a big update, left paradise and realized they missed each other. They're hanging out and taking things slowly. So that little voice Good in the them. Instagram story or... What have you? Yeah, and there was lie. also a photo. So, but we get a little photo update of the two of them together hanging out. It's very cute. cute. And uh, they even note at one point that Natasha has over four hundred and sixty thousand followers on Instagram, <laughs> and we all know that's recent. I loved that so much. <laughs> like Brendan and Piper are laying low, and then Natasha spraying champagne. It's also <laughs> like we always we know that the follower thing, like that this was groundbreaking for them to even have that narrative in the show itself, right? Like, yeah. that that was a big deal. And that has come during the season from the contestants themselves talking about it. This is the right. first time that you have the show talking about followers. And it's kind of a little bit of a, like, I feel like it just really closes the leap on, like, you guys are idiots, talking specifically uh, yeah it was you know. perfect i thought it yeah. was just like very good the perfect amount of shade to yeah. put those two updates yeah. next to each other yeah it was great yeah, yeah. It, it did feel very cinematic and also yeah the show is positioning instagram followers as a prize for doing the show well yeah They're acknowledging it not even just acknowledging it but in that specific way that's like she did it guys she she won yeah she's doing great she won like, yes she won yeah yeah yeah, that's wild. That's, wild that's new. Revolutionary. <laughs> we also learn that Becca and Thomas have started dating again after Paradise. So I guess he mm-hmm. did, in fact, figure out at some point that she had left the door open. And we see some videos of them hanging out in the park with their dogs and kissing. They are described as happy and in love. 
Good wow. for them. I hope they signed off on that language. That's That sounds deep. <laughs> yeah, I hope they did too. The it's... three engaged couples are still together. Still engaged. Still engaged. And that brings us to the end. I mean, I there. that's a lot of love. A lot of uh, loving feelings found this season. Mm-hmm. And we also get a very nice little sneak peek at Michelle's season. And I am so excited for Michelle's season of The Bachelorette. I'm so hyped. Doesn't it feel like the show is also extremely invested in her? So inv- They're spending so much money on these promos, yes. making yes. her look good. I don't know if it's like the contrast between what they did for Katie and for Michelle is just like really jarring. And I'm also <laughs> so jarring. excited. <laughs> like it's like, like I, it, it like kind of makes me feel bad for, for Katie. And also I'm so excited about Michelle's season. So. So same excited. and same. I'm very excited. It's I think it's going to be just hopefully just a nice balm for our Bachelor franchise loving wait. souls. And we're ready. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ariel, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a delight as always. Come back soon for Michelle's season. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm so excited about this. Now it's time for Love to See It, Hate to See It. Let's start with Love to See It. I enjoyed this episode. Uh, It didn't make me want to die too much of the time. I think we've got a few nice Love to See It moments, starting with precious few beautiful moments of female friendship when Abigail gets dumped and everyone rallies around her and hugs her, her buddies, they comfort her. They share her narrative of the story before Noah can get his out there, which a good friend absolutely must do. I really loved that moment between them. Me too. We also loved Tia's entire vibe. I mean, I just need to read her parting words in full. Fuck this place. Fuck this beach. Fuck these dudes. I'm never coming again. (laughs) I'm leaving single. No more men. Ugh inspirational. If that is not a mantra for us all to be living (laughs) by, what is? Finally, loved to see the little updates at the end, the little text updates. So cinematic, so efficient, so satisfying. No reunion episode needed. Just give me, give me the highlights, you know, give me the top line here and make it fun. You know, I really appreciated every moment of that. And now hate to see it. And uh, yes, we we do have a handful of these as well. To begin, Ed tries to repeatedly convince McKenna to date him, even when she very explicitly tells him multiple times she wants to end the relationship. Men, do not do what Ed did. Not a good look. Not cute. Doesn't make you a good dude. Goodbye. Men, stop arguing women into dates and relationships 2021 challenge. Like, let's just let's just try that. Next, Kenny uh, saying to Mari, trust me, I don't even see you as 25 outside of your looks. Oh, oh boy, did it make us both just like want to bang our heads repeatedly against <laughs> the closest wall. Yeah, another another line we would we would like to see die in 2021. You're so mature for your age. You just it's so convenient that you happen to be incredibly young and sexy as well. Uh, next, Kendall being used by the show and agreeing 
to be honest. Sorry, I love you, Kendall. Being used by the show as an impediment to the central love story between Joe and Serena, um, being used to milk some some cheap drums out of that extremely predictable uh, final proposal scene between the two of them. Just like, eh, didn't need it. Yeah. Uh, as much as I did enjoy the way that Kendall and Joe handled each other, um, it just seemed really disrespectful to throw her in at that point in the narrative to create some some cheap, honestly cheap drama when they could have had Kendall come in at a different point in the episode and have a private conversation with him that wasn't being played as like, oh, look, Kendall's here to like break to them fuck up. everything She's up. vindictive. Very, very disappointing framing. Next, we hate to see engagement as a whole being framed as like the ultimate test of desire to continue a relationship. I mean, this is a pressure that in some ways does mirror the real world. And that attitude can be really toxic. And it's just like you, there are ways to have a fulfilling and beautiful and committed relationship that don't require a giant diamond being presented after three weeks. That's all I'm saying. I have, I have yet to see any other models, Emma, but you're... <laughs> you're like, you're... maybe they are somewhere out there. <laughs> Certainly, I've never seen such a thing, but I will take that under advisement. I mean, the thing that really bugged me uh, was the way it was really framed as, like, the beginning of a woman's true life as, like, a, a wife, presumably. Yeah. A woman who's been chosen... There's no, like, female friendship romance that a woman can ride off into if she doesn't end up with a guy. She just leaves alone and sad. And I hated to see that. I agree 100%. 1,000%. 1,000%. I hate to see the the complete disregard for the fact that you can literally only have 100% of anything. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, our final crabby rating. Look, in a lot of ways, this season ended on a high note, but not for the crabs, who have just been completely replaced. They've been written out of the narrative. And it's rude, honestly. We're going to give this a two, and honestly, only because of the blooper clips we get at the end. Yeah, aside from that, we, we I don't know if we ever see a crab on screen. Out with a whimper for the crabs this season. They came in strong and... They were just shuttled off stage right. Very sad. We'll try again next season. And that's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Thanks to our wonderful guest, Arielle Duhame-Ross. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray, and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Kate Moldenauer. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv, and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like the show, please rate us five stars and leave a review. And more importantly, tell all your friends who used to listen to us as Here to Make Friends. Help us continue to get the word out about our current name. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at clareandemmapod at gmail.com with your questions and voice memos. We might even feature you in an upcoming mailbag. You can also find us on Twitter at love to see it pod and Instagram at clareandemmapod. And you can find us on Substack at clareandemma.substack.com. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Emma Lady Rose. And I'm at Claire E. Fallon. We'll be back next week to preview Michelle's season and talk through all her suitors. Fire.
Stitcher. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 